In this episode of Regen, the e-racing podcast, we talk about the ERA Championship, what is it, when is it, and it's got an official home. We also talk about Formula E, it is back. Formula E is finally back, we've just been through testing, and we get to talk about all the teams, who are their drivers, and where are they going to be on the grid. Okay, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Regen, the e-racing podcast. I'm your host Dino and I'm joined once again by the ever-present, uh, the almighty Chris Soulsby. How you doing, Chris? Hello, I'm good, you? Good. I'm very well, very well. It is a, a very cold uh, and the rain seems to have stopped um, in New Zealand, but yeah, yeah, very good, very good. Yeah, good. Good. These intros are just getting better and better, aren't they? Well, I mean, I've, I'm I'm running out of adjectives to describe you at the moment, but um, I'm sure we'll we'll find some more. I hope so. <laughs> well, you might not want me to, but anyway, uh, I'm loving it. <laughs> we will get straight into media of the week in a very DC feel about this week with a couple of. Well, one villain and uh, one heroine. We'll start off with uh, my one because it will, you know, go into your one. Batwoman. So this has just come out as a TV series. Uh, Three years after Batman mysteriously disappeared, Gotham is a city in despair. And it's under the watch of Jacob Kane and his military-grade crows, which are a private security firm that do a very marginal job, if I do say so myself. And basically, they are sort of a, I don't know, a militia of sorts. The main villain is Alice in Wonderland gang. It's an Alice in Wonderland gang. Uh. And they have rabbit rabbit masks. Uh, very interesting spin on a villain. And she is similar to Harley Quinn, a bit crazy. Very interesting villain. That sounds interesting, actually. Yeah, I quite like it. I've I've been watching it, and I think it's up to episode three at the time of recording. So yeah, oh. yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, that's something that I'd watch. I might watch that. That sounds really good. Yeah, give it a go. And uh, your one, Chris. Uh, my major of the week is Joker, the new film. I went to see this. Uh, when was it? Last week. And oh wow, what a film! I mean. It's hard to fault it. It's this is me rambling on, assuming everyone knows what it is. But Joker is an orange origins film about the character of the Joker in the Batman series, and it is about how he came to be known as the Joker. And it follows the story of a guy called Arthur, who's played by uh, Wackham Phoenix, who was in uh, Gladiator, I believe. Wackham Phoenix does such a good job of portraying the Joker. You just have to watch it, really. It's it's so difficult to explain this movie uh, if you haven't seen it, but it's it's tremendous. It's it's so much, and um, it's perfectly done. Really, it's very well done. You know, worth the money. Um, I want to go and see it again. To be entirely honest with you, wow! It, it, it was it was that good. Okay, Brilliant. just watch it. I will have to go and see that. I've mm-hmm. yeah, I've always been interested in the Joker, but I just figured he was sort of a hates Bruce Wayne sort of. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but obviously being the perfect adversary to Batman, I, I I'm still interested in his origin story. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's oh wow, it, it is really good. Mm, okay, one question though uh, is. Phoenix's performance as good as Ledger's? Yes. Yes. Mm, okay, yes. good. Very right. easily, yes. Yep, you've got me on board. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, two DC-related things for the listeners to watch. Now, back to motorsport, and away from comic books and uh, heroes and villains. The ERA Championship, the Electric Racing Academy. Zolder 
has been announced as the official home uh, testing facility and will also be a round of the championship. And this is taken from the official ERA website. I think we've talked about the ERA before, but uh, it is an entry-level electric formula series. Um, And I think they are homologated to F4, although uh, F4 is 100 and... F4 is 160 horsepower, and these will be about 175. Um, so a little bit of a boost, but um, yeah, yeah, I think very very cool idea. Two classes of entry for teams: a innovation class where teams implement their own battery and powertrain, and then a sports class which is a ready to race uh, standard ERA championship F110E. I like those. Yeah, yeah, a, a plug and play option, as you will, and and also a tinkering option. Yeah, mm. yeah. Did you like that? <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Plug in and play. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that idea. Yeah, I think that's quite interesting. It's nice to see um, another single seater series go for the electric. Really, absolutely. Be a nice, uh, a nice feeder. So. Well, that's something that Formula E doesn't really have at the moment, eh? Yeah, precisely. That's the thing. It's um, the only thing that Formula E really has is the IPC trophy, and even then, I unfortunately doubt that that would um, allow a driver to progress to Formula E. I know Sergio Jimenez tested a Jaguar recently. Yes, uh, the Gen One car, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. It, it was the Gen 1 car. I was under the impression that it was going to be the Gen 2, the new iType 4, or last season's the iType 3. But it was, I think, the Season 4 car, which was slightly disappointing, I won't lie, but still nice to see him get that chance. So, yeah. Yeah, I think he is... I mean, I'm not sure what a single-seater career looks like, but yeah, what a job. What mm-hmm. a job. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been listening, uh, go back to the last episode and we talk about it in length. Uh, what an amazing job and just a dominance uh, he's he's had in the first season of the IPAC trophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, do check it out because it is a... I think it's one we really enjoyed recording as well, in all honesty. It was just good fun. It was good fun. There's a few a few funny bits in it as well. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I actually saw on Twitter today that uh, the Robo Race guys teased a new Robo Race livery, Hot Wheels. Yes, so solid. I'll, I'll need to buy another two. <laughs> More awkward looks at the counter. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to. I don't know, stash it away with some other bits and pieces, Christmas presents this time. <laughs> Radio. <laughs> Changes set to be made to the Mexico City E-Pre layout for next year's race, coming from Sam Smith from E-Racing 365. Uh, next year's fifth running of the Mexico City E-Pre, an amended configuration of the Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez circuit, which we've just seen in Formula One. Chris, stadium section, how good is it? How good is that piece of racetrack? I love it. I think it's great. It's, it's probably one of the most, uh, well, Let's put it this way, every track in motorsport has its own unique quirk, its own unique characteristic. And, you know, in Formula One, you've got the Tifosi at Monza, you've got the, you know, the committed British fans at Silverstone. However, Mexico, that's that's all I'm saying, Mexico, the, the passion of fans in Mexico, it's crazy. And it wasn't just for Sergio Perez, it's in for motorsport in general. And... At the Grand Prix, 346,000 people turned up. I was just going to say that. 346,000. It's mad, it's, isn't it? Is, is that the highest attendance in Formula One? Do you know? I'm not sure. It might be. It's certainly up there, I believe. I know Silverstone usually has about 300,000, but 346,000 is that's a lot of people, you know? And the best thing is, we get a race there in Formula E too. <laughs> and that's cool. That is cool. That is cool. I absolutely love it. I think Mexico's a great track. It is a great track. So Formula E first used this track in 2016, and it had a a bizarre first corner chicane, um, is what Sam was saying. I wasn't really watching it in 2016, but you might be able to shed a bit more light onto it. 
um, bypassed the long start finish straight and then looped back to the back straight via a modified service road. And then reprofiled for 2017, which was a conventional right hander, but hopefully the flow of this one going to be a little bit better. Mm. Degrassi also was talking to E Racing 365, wanting to take out chicanes basically, and yeah. have to agree. They are, yeah, the, a lot of pinch points in Formula E. Yeah, uh, Burn being one of the worst. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. As the cars are getting faster, they just, you, you can't do that. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I think on certain circuits, it is an issue. I mean, we saw Burn. It was the most stupid idea to make Turn 1 one of these chicanes. And I mean, we, we saw the outcome immediately 13 seconds into the race or less. You had an almighty pile up. It, isn't, it wasn't the first time last season where we saw an accident in the chicane. I know, I know Nelson Piquet. Went, uh, well, took flight over Sean Eric Verne in Mexico last year. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Yeah. And I think it's a good, it's, it is good that they're removing the chicanes, really, because it was just causing a bit of a problem. Um, too many pileups, too many red flags. I think it's a good move. But the thing is, if you remove the chicane, it's one less area that could prove as an overtaking opportunity. But the thing is, what do you replace it with? That's the only issue. Yeah, that is a good point. Especially on the likes of the older drummer Hermanos Rodriguez, which is, I believe it's a permanent circuit. So you can't really do much, can you? No. Uh, so this, this year's race going to be, well, the 1920 race going to be a little bit longer, a 1.3 mile or 1.6, just over 1.6 kilometre track. And I think that's a, a welcome change as well. Yeah, I think it'll be good. I mean, Mexico is always a good race. I can't think of a bad Mexican Epre. It's always been a good race. So always something happening there. <laughs> I mean, look at season five, huh? That was wow. I felt really bad for Sims. Yes, yeah. Just just getting tagged. Yeah, it just characterised the season, didn't it? Just bad. It luck. did. Poor fella, but he's yeah. back. He's back for season six. He's, so he is back. A year of redemption, let's hope. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait, indeed. Now let's talk about season six. We're going to run through the teams and drivers, uh, what we like about it, what we don't like about it, and mm-hmm. where we think where we think they're going to finish uh, this season. And we'll start with Tachita. They won everything last season. They won the teams championship. They won the drivers championship with Jean Eric Verne. And they also won the Valestapine European Trophy, mm. which we hardly heard about, but he won that too. Something tells me that this is going to be another strong season near the top. Uh, mm. I think that's pretty much on the cards. It's a strong lineup. Antonio Felix da Costa coming on board um, to replace the outgoing Andre Lotterer. Jeff outspoken that the car's ready to go, and he seems pretty confident. Um, the only thing, is there going to be a clear number one, number two scenario? Um, and will that work out organically, Chris? Because I I don't think DaCosta over the season will be able to keep up with Jeff. But but that's just that's just my thoughts. What are yours? Mm-hmm. That's one of my major concerns about this team. So um, you've got Sean Fern, two time Formula E champion, and you've got Antonio Felix DaCosta, very very talented driver in general. My concern is the potential lack of number one and number two status. I, I don't think, well, DaCosta's very talented, and, but I don't think he's as consistent as Jev, unfortunately. Um, so that would make sense to give, and Jev is two-time Formula E champion. He's one of the best out there, if not the best. He deserves the number one status. But the lack of it, if there is a lack of it, it could easily destabilize that team, and that's my major concern for DS De Cheetah, um this season. You've got two drivers who could very easily challenge for the championship. And if they're teammates, it, it could open up all kinds of problems. We've seen in Formula One in the past where teams have exploded. Look at Mercedes, look at McLaren back in the 80s, 90s with Prost and Senna. It can all very go wrong very quickly. Uh, I don't think there's any denying that DS to have a very quick car this season. They did a lot of mileage and testing and did some pretty tasty laps. Just putting that into a 
practice really, isn't it? It is. They seemed very confident, which is always <laughs> a bad sign for the competition. But um, yeah, you are right. I think Da Costa um, can easily go for the championship as well. Mm-hmm. But we'll soon see. I mean, there might organically be number one, number two by the fifth race in and, and Jeff's on top and he's, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. And we see more of a, a lotterer role, well, not not last season, but uh, lotterer's first season to support Jeff uh, in gaining yeah. the title once again. Mm-hmm. Very good. It's a, it's a strong looking team. It is. Um, we're going to move on to another very good looking team, Audi Sport. Daniel Apt and Lucas Degrassi. Another season for the two Audi drivers. Uh, so they both continue with the team. Um, I think they'll once again be front runners. And hopefully they start a bit faster than the last two seasons. They've mm-hmm. sort of been a bit slow out of the blocks and then having to recover. Yeah, I mean, that's been the problem with Audi for the past two seasons, hasn't it? It's They've always had a bit of a slow start and it's been a bit, oh, you know. We're just getting warmed up. And by the time they do get warmed up, the championship's been wrapped up, <laughs> really. Um, but it's nice to see Apton Degrassi back in that team. They're now the most experienced driver lineup in Formula E. And they've both done every single race and have been teammates since day one back in 2014. Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting year for Audi. Uh, they should be towards the front. I can't see them not being towards the front. And obviously they get the additional testing mileage because Virgin is their customer team. Oh yeah, of course. I, I keep forgetting about that. Yeah. It's it's so easy to forget. Um, but we'll see. I think Lucas Degrassi will be his usual self, very good, very argumentative and complain a lot. Um, <laughs> but Daniel Apt, mm, I think it's an important season for him. There was talk that he might lose that Audi drive to Nico Muller for this year. He he got it, he held on to it, but I think he really has to has to prove something this year as well uh, in that car. We're going to get onto that later um, with with the Dragon lineup and um, who that's sort of going to impact if those two drivers do well. We will yeah. we will get there. We will get there. So so save save that talk for them. <laughs> do you think that they can take the fight to Chichita again this season? Uh, Audi. Yeah. Um, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Big words right there. No, I don't think they can. That is massive. Okay, right. Um, well, we'll come back to that as well, but we'll move on uh, to the Audi customer, Envision Virgin Racing. Sam Bird and Robin Freins, absolute top drivers, and both could be in the title hunt. Uh, Robin proved himself last season. With two wins, a good haul of points, uh, beating Sam Bird, a very strong team, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm picking them for a top four finish easily. Yeah, I would agree. These guys could be could be title contenders. Mm-hmm. I think what we saw from Robin Frines last season was very special. Two wins, a few podiums, and the only thing that compounded his year was appalling luck. I think there was three or four races in a row where he didn't finish and that it really harmed his chances. And it was the same for Sam Bird. He was caught up in incidents that weren't his fault, usually involving Jose Maria Lopez. Or Lotterer. Um, or Lotterer, yes. And it really impacted his year. If those events hadn't come to fruition, it would have been interesting to see what Envision Virgin actually could have done. I think this team was probably the dark horse of the season, to be entirely honest with you. Because with Virgin, they've always been there. They're always there up at the front. And they could very easily cause an upset, although it wouldn't be an upset because everyone expected of them now. But I think this team could, could beat Audi, possibly. Ooh. We'll come back to them as well, maybe. One of my favourite teams... BMW, mm. Maxi Gunter, and Alexander Sims. Uh, we talked before, Alexander Sims getting another crack at it. A very good lineup, an exciting chance for Maxi. Mm-hmm. Can they stay one of the top five teams? I'm not sure they can. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see where it shakes out. I think they could be contenders in the drivers' championship, but the teams, I'm not too sure. 
with the team's consistencies demanded from both drivers. So is that due to it being a new team for Maxi or Alexander Sims just not having another <laughs> lucky break? I think Alexander Sims, unfortunately, I think I think he's a great driver, but uh, I can't really be saying these things, can I? I can't be predicting what's going to happen because no one knows what happens until the first race. But I've just got a feeling, I think, comparing the two, I would argue that Max has more at his disposal. I think he's a better driver. Obviously, Sims has the more talent, more talent, more experience, God, more experience. I don't know. I just think we'll see another season five from Sims, unfortunately. I think the team will be better, though, hopefully, than they were last season. I was going to say half of Germany will be after you, Maxi supporters. Yeah. Now, I think, like most motorsport series, if you put yourself in the pack, you're more Mm -hmm. likely to get tagged. Yeah. And I think qualifying-wise, Maxi, we've already seen, he's just insanely quick. Yeah, that's the thing. I I do think he'll put himself up the front more often to give himself the best chance of staying ahead. Yeah, I mean, I I think... Yeah, Max Gunther is very good in qualifying. I mean, last season in that god-awful Dragon car, he really pulled it up the grid and delivered in a handful of races. Amazing. Uh, Sim, Sims uh, usually fell short of Super Pole, uh, but he did get in there. He did get pole position in the final race of the year, uh, which is always nice to see. It might be a, a corner turn for him. But with Formula E... <laughs> it's those pesky chicanes, isn't it? If you're in the midfield and you've got a chicane coming up, you're not making it through. Uh, no. <laughs> so it's whoever can get out in the front, really. Who knows? I think Gunther will come out over Sims, though. He'll he'll be on top. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think, but yeah. I, I do hope that it's it's as a turning point for Sims, and and we you know see him lucky or luckier mm-hmm. than season five yeah i think i think we will see a better season from him in general i think i think he will get that maiden win this year with a bit of luck he should have he should have won marrakesh last year realistically and that didn't happen but yeah we should see some i think we'll see some good performances from him because he is a talented guy he is really good moving on to mahindra Jerome D'Ambrosio and Pascal Verlein. Another another year for this pairing. Verlein, as we know, very fast. D'Ambrosio, good at gaining the places and coming through the field, uh, mainly from the midfield, will be the top half of the standings. Do you agree with that one? I think they'll be positively midfield. Positively midfield. Yeah. That's like saying a weak coffee. Yeah, can I have a weak coffee? Just a weak, mild, warm coffee. That's what Mahindra is though, isn't it? Just a mild lukewarm oh. coffee. <laughs> they to be fair, to be fair, they do always start very well. It's just the they thing. can't they can't hold it. But but mm-hmm. you know, season six might be the turning point that they need. See, it starts off as a hot coffee, then it just goes a bit uh oh, I'm not gonna finish this, I might as well just pour it down the sink. And that's what they do at the halfway point. They're like, We could win the title. Nah. And just throw it away. And the thing is with Mahindra this year as well, they've got the ZF powertrain, which Venturi had last season. And yeah, I'm not convinced. <laughs> You're not convinced. Mm. I'm not convinced. I think it's a good lineup. It's a very good lineup. I don't doubt the lineup at all. However, the M6 Electro, I do doubt a lot. So they're going to win the title now, I can guarantee it. No, no. I, I do have them pegged for something, but we'll move on. Mm. Uh, Mercedes. Mercedes EQ. Nick DeVries and Stoffel Van Dorn. A lineup that we should probably we should probably keep an eye on and probably one that the other teams will be watching in anticipation. A very... Ah, oh, it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. These two drivers, they just... I don't know. They just bring something to the table. And, and obviously Stoffel Van Dorn... A great season last season, pulling the HWA more than it should. Mm-hmm. Nick DeVries, testing didn't really go his way, but I, f- I feel like he'll, he'll grow into it. The same as, as Stoffel and Gary, uh, Gary Paffett, the reserve driver. A factory team, they've shared their old power unit and now supplying Venturi. 
on the driver side of things, two very talented drivers. Can you see them in the top half of the rankings? I think so. Um, I think they will be towards the top. Well, well, not I think top half, but not top. Top six. Um, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm predicting it from yeah sixth or seventh. With Mercedes, it's a it's a new team, and they've got this new powertrain. I think this is going to be a year about consistency, really, and getting the mileage going, and seeing if they can um, push towards the front and challenge for points. I do think Stoffel van Stoffel van Dorn, with that experience from last season, will be able to deliver some quite good results. I think they will get podiums. I'm not sure about wins, and I don't know if they'd be able to challenge for the title. But I think they'll have very positive debut season, and it is such an exciting lineup. You've got Stoff, who's obviously uh, ex Formula One driver, uh, had a fantastic season last year with HWA, very impressive. And you've got Nick DeVries, reigning Formula 2 champion, probably one of the hottest properties not in Formula 1 right now. And it's it's good to see him choose Formula E as well. I mean, the opportunity to race in Formula 1 wasn't really there. But Formula E is now kind of becoming a career choice for drivers. Uh, and it's all about the growth, really. It's always positive to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Neo, or Neo Triple Three, as their new name is. Oliver Turvey, good to see him back, mm-hmm. uh, very stable, uh, picks up the points and just one of the most underrated drivers. And now I'm going to plug our episode uh, with John from the Adelaide F1 podcast, where we talk about the, the best drivers that should be in F1 or at least should get a chance. And I, I recommend that episode. It was great fun with John. And uh, John, thank you again for coming on. His teammate, though. Marching Qua. Now, Chris, let that sink in a little bit. Marching Qua. Oh, no. Um, a very, very good driver in his own right. Um, he's doing world touring cars and some other bits and pieces. But uh, I, was, I was on Reddit and, and there was a, a question like, is he going to last the season? The thing is, he will because he's a Chinese driver and it's a Chinese team. But if he's... They, they, they can't get rid of him. <laughs> If if he's at the back of the grid every race, Turvey's picking up points. This could you know this could get out of hand quite easily. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's he shouldn't be in Formula E now. I'm going to say it. Um, talented driver, fair enough. He's accomplished a lot in his career. However, comparing the caliber of this year's grid to all the drivers, it's very strong. Then you see one name at the bottom, which is Mars. You're thinking, what? Okay, he's not in the same ballpark, unfortunately. He's, they, Neo need a different caliber of driver, something like uh, Guan Yu Zhou in Formula 2. He, he came to mind immediately for this. He'd be great. Yeah. And from, he raced in, uh, yeah, the last time he raced in Formula E was New York Season 4, I believe. He replaced Turvey for that because Turvey broke his finger. He did a crap job there. In Paris earlier in the year, he did an awful job. Uh, the highest he's finished is he hasn't finished higher than 11th. That was back in the Gen 1 era when arguably the grid wasn't as strong. I think that says it all really. I don't hold much hope. I don't hold much hope for this Neo team in general in all honesty for this no. year. It's going to be very much a transition year. So Yeah, it will be. Um, we'll move along. We don't need to talk about Neo any further, although they're livery quite good. Uh, Nissan Edams, a very fast pair. Sebastian Boemi and Oliver Rowland continuing to season six. Very fast, especially in quali, and I'm I'm expecting easily in the top six, probably a top four finish. Uh, your thoughts, Chris? Very easily, I agree with that. Two top flight drivers. Roland really showcased what he was all about last season, and it was his rookie year. Sebastian Buemi, you don't really have to say much. Very talented guy in Formula E. The car last season was good. They've had to revert to a single motor generator unit for this year, but that didn't seem to stop them. They did 298 laps in testing, if my memory serves me right. Um, Yeah, I think it'll be a good year for Nissan. It'll be in that car as well. 
You know, the car looks great too. It does look good. It does. Only cool looking cars win. A bad looking car doesn't win and that Nissan looks good. Okay. Red is fast. Red is fast. <laughs> yeah. If you get the, well, no, I won't say that. <clears throat> yeah. If you get the strategy right. Okay. I said it. Yeah. Panasonic Jaguar, Mitch Evans and James Collado. Uh, James Collado having a little bit of a, a tough introduction to Formula E in testing. But of course, mm-hmm. Mitch Evans, very strong. Um, what are your hopes for them this season? They sort of stalled out in midfield. Um, obviously, Mitch Evans was in the title fight, and that was just mm-hmm. amazing that the Jaguar was up there. Can he continue that, or is it sort of too far now that the other teams are, are going to be more on top of their car? I think from Jaguar, this season we're going to see more pulls, more wins and more podiums. I think that upward trajectory will continue. Um, I've actually written a feature about this, uh, funnily enough. Ooh. Um, it got published on Monday. haven't pro- promoted it yet, but I will do. Um, and it's, can Jaguar win the title? And I think they'll see, we'll see more wins, more uh, pulls, more podiums, all of that. A more competitive outfit all round. Can they win the title? I think they're probably one team that could. Really? Um, very easily. I think they could, yes. I really think so they could. They had the... They've impressed you that much to say. That, yes. So are you, are you pegging it right now that they'll be top three teams? Or just Mitch and the drivers? <sighs> top four. Uh, top four? Mm. Uh, hmm. Teams, maybe not. Top five. Drivers, definitely top three, I think. I think Mitch is going to have a really good year. Because this team, the Jaguar Racing team, they arrived in Season 3, and this will be their fourth season in Formula E now. And the thing is, the team is a perfect case study of how it grows with experience. And when this team started, it was from a blank piece of paper, and they built the team from nothing. Season 1 was all about learning. And they did a lot of learning, quite evidently. They did get points. A pair of fourth place finishes were their uh, best results. And then season four was about competing and, you know, battling against rival teams. And they did do a good job with PK and Evans. And last season was about winning. They did that. Mitch won in Rome. This year, it's about going that next step. And based on what we've seen in the past, I think that will be doable. I don't think Mercedes up there. So this could be the perfect opportunity. And looking at last season, everything we saw last season, it was bonkers. It will be more of the same this year, let's face it. It will be incredible. It's the closest season yet. Crunching the numbers and looking at Jaguar's performance, I believe they had the 5th and 15th fastest times in testing. Uh, the top 22 being covered by less just under one second. So it's very close already. Uh, looking at their cumulative lap time between Collado and Evans, I believe they had the yeah I believe, I believe they had the fourth or fa- fifth fastest car, and then they also completed the fourth or fifth highest amount of laps as well. Um, so it looks like they've got a competitive car and a reliable car, and I think James Collado will deliver as well. Uh, I was talking to James Barkley about this at their season six launch. And obviously it was a surprise that James had been given the seat over Alex Lynn. I was surprised, but yeah. And yeah, I mean, I was surprised as well. His argument point was, we've had a lot of drivers in Formula E. We've tested a lot of drivers in our facility. And we believe we know the characteristics of a fast driver now. And James ticked that box. So yeah, we will see about that. It's exciting. It is exciting, and and this is why we pay you the big bucks, Chris, to get those sort of insights. There you go. <laughs> uh, moving on to Tag Heuer Porsche, is that how you say it? Tag Heuer? Tag Heuer? That, t- tag tag ta- Heuer, I believe. Tag Heuer, right, we'll go with that. Uh, okay, Porsche, yeah, Porsche, <laughs> just Porsche. Just Porsche. Neil, Neil Yanni and Andre Lotterer. We haven't seen a lot of Neil recently, but Andre, obviously a very, very quick driver, uh, a defence master. 
I mean, if they give him the car, if he's got the car under him, he will be a threat. It's like the old, it's like an old man club at Porsche, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it is. But experience, <laughs> experience is what you need when you've got a new team. Very experienced, yeah. Hashtag start from zero. They, yeah, they do need some guys in there that know what they're doing. And mm-hmm. Andre, obviously a good choice. Uh, top six or bottom six here? Um, bottom six. Yeah, I think that's not unreasonable. Do you think Andre will be able to get up, get some podiums? I think maybe one or two. But in crazy races, I think this Porsche squad, it's going to be very similar to what we're going to see with Mercedes. Uh, it's going to be a uh, start, a bit slow, um, but it's all about getting the numbers, really. You know, get the consistency, make sure the car works, and then compete. Uh, I'm not... I think Lodera will do a fantastic job. I'm not convinced by Neil Jani. Obviously, he's not a rookie in Formula E, if you want to class his... Two races with Dragon in season four. No, I don't really a, um, want to. No. No. I mean, with barely, barely races, he was at the back. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, d- it'll be uh, interesting. I mean, two races, very different car. Nah. Yeah, exactly. And and we can't sort of, yeah, slate him on not getting anywhere with that Dragon car. Yeah, precisely. I mean, it wasn't great anyway, was it? No. It was um, very average. Very average, very average. But very, it was, a, it was a lukewarm cup of tea. A lukewarm cup of tea. Yeah. Felipe Massa and Eduardo Mortara at Venturi. Now, an unchanged lineup, which is good. With Venturi becoming a Merc customer, is this going to now make it harder for them? Now, Venturi finished eighth last season with eighty-eight points, which was okay. Jaguar in mm-hmm. seventh was way ahead on one hundred and sixteen. Uh, HWA is now Mercedes, uh, Dragon had a good showing in testing, Porsche will come out of the block swinging, and especially with Lotterer, and I fear for them to be honest, I really do. Yeah, um, I think, well with Venturi this year, it is a, it's a new era for the team really, they've changed their name to Venturi Racing, they've got a striking new livery, and they've obviously got the new customer powertrain, but they're still keeping Edo and Felipe uh, Felipe Massa. I almost said Felipe Mortara there. It doesn't sound right at all. And they've got Edo and Felipe Massa. I think it'll be an interesting year for them. Uh, I know they've been using some of the Mercedes test days um, to develop the car. Okay, that was my next question. Yeah, and from what I understand, it's going to be a very close relationship between Mercedes and Venturi, where Mercedes will benefit from Venturi's experience, and then Venturi will in turn benefit from the Mercedes brand, which, let's face it, is, you know... Huge. The the motor racing pedigree they've got there is great. And if there's a team that can turn something around, it's Mercedes. A manufacturer, it's Mercedes. I think with the Mercedes powertrain, uh, it did have a few reliability issues. However, this is something that Mercedes will want to stamp out. Uh, They'll arrive in Formula E and they won't want to be towards the back. That's not what Mercedes is about. They expect to win. I think it it, it is a transition year for the team, let's face it. They're going from ZF to Mercedes. It's a big move. It's a big step. But... Yeah, I think they could surprise. I mean, Edo is the street street circuit king, looking at his, uh, his Macau wins and his experience there. And Felipe uh, Massa had a good, a nice, a nice debut campaign. He got that podium, and now he'll be more experienced. It will be interesting, though. I don't know where they'll come out in the pecking order. It's, you, don't, you won't know t- until the first race, really. No, it's it's one of those things. It's uh, it's impossible to say. It's an interesting case that one. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, that one's sort of a, a wait and see, and and yeah, we need to wait and see what the yeah what the Merck powertrain's doing as well. Mm-hmm. One of the teams that we haven't really been kind to of late, uh, Geox Dragon. <laughs> but what a lineup! Uh, what an absolutely yeah. brilliant lineup. Nico Muller. 
and Brendan Hartley. Now, obviously, being a Kiwi, I'm excited that Brendan Hartley's joining the Formula E fray. Mm-hmm. Nico Muller, coming from Audi, um, I think they will have a, a very interesting season. And if these two start going well, will Porsche and Audi look at them and go, what have we done? What have we, what have we done? And then, and I also think Daniel Apt, under pressure, it's a big season for him. Uh, mm-hmm. Nico Muller starts doing well. He could be in the Audi seat for season seven. Brendan Hartley starts doing well. Neil Yarny goes, oh no, what's happening? And Brendan Hartley could be in the Porsche seat for season seven. Now, those two guys have to look at this and go, well, we need to really get a move on here because both of these drivers, absolute quality, and Dragons, they've done a good bit of business, haven't they? Mm Mm-hmm. This is the thing, it's, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, this Dragon team, we've, I mean, I know I've absolutely slated them. Uh, we haven't been mode. kind, yeah. But, no, uh, I've, yeah, I've been on Transmit for about three years now about Dragon and how bad they are. However, I'm about to change my tune, because this team looked good in testing, and they've got a very exciting lineup in Hartley and Muller, and they could very easily destabilize the driver lineups at Porsche and Audi respectively. Couldn't they? Because Nico Muller was a he was a contender at Audi. He was their reserve driver, development driver. He does know that team very well. Oh God, it's it's gonna be such a fascinating season to watch this team alone. Because it, it does look like they've found something. It does. And last year was horrible. And their pace and testing was particularly from Nico Muller was phenomenal. And they did a lot of laps. Uh, they covered a lot of laps. It's looking good, isn't it? It's looking very good. I watched that closely because of Hartley, but I thought, what? That, that's, a, that's a dragon up there. That's, mm-hmm. you know, minimal issues. It looked like a solid team. Uh, the, mm-hmm. I mean, the timing sheets don't lie, unless there's a couple of sandbags chucked in the car before Hartley sits down. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that was... That was incredible, just seeing Dragon doing what they were doing. And you know what? I'm going to go top six for Dragon. Yeah, okay, go on. Yeah, I'll, I, I agree with you. I think this team can really impress. I think they can surprise this season. They've got the potential. They do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they've got, yep. And they've got such a strong driver lineup as well. Brandon Hartley, ex-Formula 1 driver, he won Weck how many times? And Nico Muller, I mean... If, if he's done a good job in DTM, but even then, if you look at his Formula E career, which is very short, and he's only done test sessions, he's always either set the new lap record or ended the day on top, or both. Yeah. Yeah. Through one of the most experienced guys who doesn't have a race start yet. So That is one to watch, listeners. That is definitely one to keep your eye on. Most exciting lineup? Uh, I'm I'm going to go first. Dragon and Merck. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yep. Okay. Well, that was yeah, easy. Easily that that's settled. Yeah. Okay. I don't think we're going to disagree on this one either. Uh, least exciting. Neo. <sighs> yeah. I think yeah. Uh, Neo obviously with Ma being back. I really hope he does well. You know, I wish him well. We we don't want anyone to be lagging at the end of uh, end of the racetrack on their own. Mm-hmm. Venturi sticking with the same two drivers is good, but I can't see them in a title fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, yeah, as you said, going to be interesting to see how it shakes out for them. And I also have on my notes here, uh, Merck, are they letting them have any testing days under the agreement? And you said yes, so that's good news. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I again agree with you that the least exciting is neo it's probably also the least inspiring um i have nothing but praise for oliver turvey ma however yeah yeah i think we've i've said everything there yeah one one i want to i want to just cut in here jerry hughes is still staying i'm not sure um they've got a new team principal Oh, I don't know if Jerry Hughes is still within the team or not, though. Oh no, that's not uh, a good sign. 
I shall have to look up look that up. I think it's um, Christian Silk is the new team principal. I believe. I don't know if Jerry Hughes is still there though. I'll yeah, I'll do some digging on that. Yeah, we'll put and that we'll, in the show we'll notes. Twi- we'll yeah, we'll tweet it or something. I'll put it in the show notes. I'm not inspired by Neo at all. It is transition, yeah. But they were also the only team in testing who were outside of the one second window. And when I say they were outside of the one second window, I mean they were massively outside of the one second window. A difficult year coming up for them, I think. More of what we saw in season five. Maybe less points. Ugh, less points. This is the thing with the arrival of Mercedes and Porsche as well. It's going to be even more difficult to finish inside that top ten. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, th- this season could be the first time that we're going to see a team s- score n- zero points, I think. Really? Wow. I've got a feeling, yeah. Okay. I don't know about that, but um, pretty rough. Um, okay. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good word for it. Um, we'll move on. Best livery. What are your thoughts on that one? Um. Oh... The Nissan. Yep, that's a very, very nice looking car. Yeah. BMW as well. The BMW is very nice. Yeah, they've made it just different enough from last season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is really good. It is really, really good. Ahead of the first race, well, the double header. (laughs) Oh no. Which of the teams that you think are in the best position to take advantage straight away? So we're going to go with predictions for race one and two. Right now. And I'm going to start. I'll give you some time to think about it. But I've got I've got Mahindra. I've got Verline for race one win. And then I've got the second race going to Maxi Gunter or Mitch Evans. I mean, at least you're giving the, the cup of coffee time to cool for Mahindra. That's always good to see. They do start quick. And, and we know Verline is, Verline is right on it. Mm-hmm. I've, I mean, it's an outside bet, but... Hey, he's he's a very quick driver. Good in qualifying. Uh, Mahindra's quick out the blocks. That's my prediction. How about you? Yeah, oh, that's a good prediction. Um, I'm going to say, it's going to be really boring, and I'm going to say DS to Cheetah with Jean-Eric Verne will win one of the races because Jev and DS to Cheetah. And another one will be won by Mitch Evans in that Jaguar. Because why not? Okay. Or or one of the BMWs. So similar to me, except Jev. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I I agree. <laughs> I I agree. I approve. I approve. That's what we should call the show. Okay. And also, uh, don't forget. In a couple of weeks, we have the Moto E back for the final race of the season at the Circuit Ricardo Tormo in Valencia, Spain. It's going to be a cracker. Did you get to watch the Masano races? There was two of them. No. No. I didn't see that, sadly. Well, that is, yeah, a nice little uh, a nice little teaser for the end of season. Yeah, that'll be good. I will watch that because um, Moda E's been quite good this year. I've only seen a couple of races, but I've thoroughly enjoyed them. Really good. Yeah, it's, it's been something a little bit different. Yeah. And and as as these get more people watching, more eyes glued to the screens, as there's more series coming out, um we might uh yeah, we might struggle to sort of follow them all properly. Mm. And so then we're gonna be inundated with electric championships. Yeah, well I am looking forward to the ERA championship as well. That's gonna be cool. Yeah, that'll be good, yeah. I like the idea at the sound of that. Yeah, by the way, ERA, if you want to come on the show, we would love to have you just talk about it a bit more because we don't know a lot about it and um, I'm sure the listeners would appreciate it. So it's an open invitation. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be really good. And next episode, we're going to look at the predictions for both Formula E and the I-Pace E trophy. Um, I'm sure there should be a few more driver announcements from the I-Pace E trophy anytime soon. Yes, hopefully. I know we've had um, Jimenez and Bueno are staying. That's all. Uh, yeah, send in your predictions, listeners, because we 
love to be proved wrong all the time um, and normally are, but that's okay. Uh, we still <laughs> we still love the we love the interaction on Facebook, Twitter. We are at uh, Regen Racing on Twitter, which is probably the best way to get us. Or hello at regenracingpodcast.com. Who's going to be leading the pack? Which teams will be behind the eight ball? And can Tachita or Jev do it again? Send it in. Chris, do you have any closing thoughts for us? I'm going to get a lot of hate mail from Mahindra fans. <laughs> that's the only thing that's coming to mind. <laughs> no, I think um, it's going to be a great year. Uh, season six, biggest field yet. 12 teams, 24 drivers. A very exciting looking calendar. Very closely grouped. I think it's just going to be typical Formula E. It's going to be the best season yet, the most unpredictable season yet, and the closest season yet. And uh, I can't wait. It's going to be really good. I it is so close now. I am starting to starting to get shivers. Starting to feel like it's coming coming back. Yeah, I think it's twenty three days, is it, till the first race? It's not long at all. It's not long yeah. at all. It's oh, it's so close. So close. And it's a double header as well. It is a double header. A big dose. Which makes everything better. Big dose of Formula E before the holiday season. And then we're back in February. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. It's going to be brilliant. It is. Okay. If you have any questions, you can send them in. Hello at regenracingpodcast.com. On Twitter at regenracing. Uh, and thank you again to Transistor.fm, our awesome host. Uh, podcast hosting link in the show notes for some free time with them and i think that wraps it up thank you once again for listening this has been regen the e-racing podcast bye for now bye-bye cumulative cumulative i can't even talk plug in and play